Stay happy, stay healthy, keep it real. Hello and welcome to the UK Natural Health Show. My name is Gerdeep and I'm joined by my co-host Jess Lewis. How are you today? I'm good thanks darling, how are you? I'm good thank you. So what have you been up to? Um, quite a lot actually I've just started a, a crowdfunder campaign for oh, Gathering the Minds yeah okay. we I'm trying to I want to broadcast um, all of the events basically worldwide uh, live so we'll do like a live streaming wow. and I also want to film all the talks and, and put them on on the we're like £500 off our uh, target now so wow. if anybody wants to check it out just google Gathering of Minds Born it's on this a crowdfunder platform called Born so you can find it that way uh, yeah. we've got some brilliant gifts as well that we're giving away like retreat places and year-long yeah. memberships and lifetime memberships to gathering the minds so yeah so if you if you want to check that out have a little look but um how's things with you yeah everything's really going well my um business is coming up together really well mm. um i had some amazing new people join my other business this week so that's been positive as well mm. um I'm actually creating a product, which I haven't told you yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it'll be coming out next year, but it is something that will be in the market. But that's mm-hmm. all I can say at the moment. Mm-hmm. But it's really exciting. It sounds so, interesting. Yeah. sounds interesting. But I always have to, you know, keep it stumped. Mm. <laughs> so um, so uh, Matt uh, showed me this video a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Of this guy, Arthur Bowman. Oh, yeah. And I have to say, I was like so blown away, like, I watched it about five times in a row. It was just mm. unbelievable. This this guy suffered so many different injuries. Mm. Um, I mean, we'll introduce him properly in a minute, but I literally stalked this guy down, <laughs> right? Honestly, I stalked him down. I found him on LinkedIn. I found. I, I even contacted uh, the person who did the video on YouTube. Wow. I, I found his email address. I found him on Facebook. I sent his fan page a message. I've literally every single medium that I could possibly Aww. do to track him down, right? <laughs> I sent him an email and within hours, within hours he got back to me oh, wow. about doing this interview. So I'm really excited. Wow. So should, well, we, should, we, should we tell the, the, yeah. the listeners who we've got on today? Definitely. Well, when you, Jeff, you actually showed me mm. the video, I actually burst into tears. I was just, it was just so it was just shocking to see like somebody had gone through so much and then they overcame it. It was just mm. beautiful. But yeah, we should introduce him. Mm. So his name is Arthur Borman. Um, he was working as a paratrooper when he was injured and he was actually told that he could never walk again unassisted, which is, I can't even imagine how that would have felt. Mm. Um, and for years he was jumping out planes and he finally had it kind of taken its toll on his body and his knees. And Arthur was basically left wearing braces. Mm. And then he began to pile on the weight. His health deteriorated and he become depressed. Uh, somehow he managed to get the strength to turn it all around and he lost the weight and got himself walking again but in this video honestly you see him like you see him right from the start of his journey don't mm, you yeah. and um you see him falling down many times but always getting back up and i just mm. thought it was such a powerful message the video uh if never given up and, and, and honestly guys um i've put the video on um on the Gathering of Minds website, if you want to have a look, uh, it's on there in the latest post section. Uh, it's amazing. It's so, so amazing. Mm. So uh, let's welcome him onto the show. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep it real. Welcome to the show, Arthur. How are you doing today? Fine, thank you. It's lovely to have you with us. Thanks. I have to say, I watched your video. Uh, my partner, My partner found your video and showed it to me and I was just I sat there just... I was absolutely blown away by your transformation. I, I don't think I've ever heard a transformation story like this in a long time. It's, mm. it, 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 I went through a whole range of emotions, actually, when I was watching it. And um, 
I just thought of myself, how on earth has this guy managed to get the strength and to, to come out of the other side of this? So I was really excited to find you and, uh, and have you email me back to do this interview. So thank you. Thanks. All right. So how long were you a paratrooper for? Uh, I was a paratrooper in the U.S. Army. I was uh, jumped for about 10 years. Mm. And so tell us about your accident and injury. Well, it wasn't one big accident. It was a bunch of small ones that just cumulatively put me down. Hmm. And, you know, being a paratrooper is kind of a young man's game because you're constantly jumping. And when you're not jumping, you know, you have to remember if you're jumping, everything you've got, you're carrying with you on your back. So between the rucksacking, the jumping, you know, uh, the rappelling, all the other things, you're constantly putting a huge stress on your back, your hips, your knees. And, you know, there were a few accidents. I was in a Jeep that flipped. I was in a helicopter that had a, a major malfunction. Uh, I had more than a fair share of hard landings. And it just, every time it kept getting slower and slower, getting back up, slower and slower recovering from it. And as I began to get older, it really, really put a hurting on me. Wow. So what, what actually, what was the last sort of moment um, when you were like, I can't, I can't do this anymore? Was there anything in particular that had happened or was it just that you, you, you'd got so many injuries over the course of the time doing it that you just decided not to do it no more? Well, to be honest, it wasn't my decision. Uh, I got medically uh, retired out. Oh. Mm. It must have been quite difficult. Yeah, it hurt. Mm. So how, how many years were you unable to walk unassisted for? Well, when I first got out, I was on a downhill slope, and I ended up uh, sort of losing the ability to, to support my own weight. Uh, <clears throat> I was unable to walk uh, without my crutches, without my cancer, about 15 years. Wow. So, and was this the doctor's prognosis? I mean, they, they literally said to you, this is it now, you, this is how you're going to be. Yeah. There were some, uh, it was a combination. There were some, you know, there were some structural problems, there were some neurological problems, and my weight just exacerbated the, you know, the situation so terribly. How did you feel when they told you that, you know, you might basically won't be able to walk ever again? What was going through your mind at that time? It's, it's hard to describe if you haven't been there. Hmm. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, uh, in a way, it's a relief almost because it's like, okay, I don't have this fight to, to worry about anymore. Hmm. But hmm. at the same time, you're saying, well, that part of my life is over. And uh, <clears throat> it's a very depressing hmm. I can imagine. moment because, you know, it's not like this. It's not like it's just somebody who says this to you. You know, this is a doctor. This is a you know, this is an authority figure who's telling you these things. Mm. And and what kind of things did they try before they give you this sort of diagnosis? Well, they. Uh, I had a surgery that did not go well, and that was uh, a big part of it. Uh, there was a surgery. There was a there was a post op infection, and the post op. Uh, it turned out at that time they discovered that I was that I had an allergy to one of the meds that they used to try and clear up the post op, oh, wow. and that just made things worse. But again, that's not their fault. 
you know, I, I need to stress this. This was my fault. Mm. Because, and it was my responsibility. I made a lot of bad choices. And while I was living under this idea that, no, it's not my fault. No, it's not my fault. Uh, I didn't have any responsibility for trying to fix it. Mm. Once I accepted that it was me, that I was the one making the bad choices, that I took a bad situation and made it a lot worse than it ever needed to be, that was when I began to be able to fix things. Mm. So how long ago did this happen? What, which year was it? It was about seven years ago. Okay. Oh, wow. Mm. And, and how much weight did you gain during this, this period of, of obviously not being able to walk properly? Uh, the, well, I ballooned, you know, I ballooned up. And I yo-yoed a lot, if you know what I mean. Mm. Trying this thing, going up, going down. Uh, the heaviest I ever was was 340. Wow. wow. So I'm guessing your diet was consisted of like sugary foods, fatty foods. Yeah. Because I guess it was reflecting your mood it swings. Was whatever I, you know, whatever I wanted to eat, basically food was my drug of choice. Mm. Mm. It's interesting how we do that when we've got like, a problem or we're upset about something we just turn to food but bad mm. food and then it's like our comfort yeah it's 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 i guess it's a form of self-medication sometimes you know mm. um we've all done it you know yeah. got got down <laughs> well in a the way it is i mean think about it when you're a little kid you know you did something good mom gave you a cookie or a candy mm. bar i mean what were our rewards foods yeah. that were essentially bad for us yeah and that's so true actually we yeah connected that with approval with appreciation with with love with right. whatever and uh, you overeat uh, because you're missing other things. Mm. And it's the only thing you can control as well, can't you? It's a bit like an eating disorder. It's the only thing you can actually control. Absolutely, So yeah. that's what, that kind of like fuels you and that's the only thing that you mm. know. But, um, you know, Arthur, like how, you know, obviously you got to that point where you were severely obese. Like how did that affect your motivation with life in general? <clears throat> I wasn't really living. It's more like just going through the motions. You know, I would go out to work all day. And it's funny. I was actually working a lot of hours. But I'd go out to work all day. And then I would come home and I would sit in this chair in the living room and I would just eat until it was time to go to bed. And then I would go to bed, get up the next morning, and go off again. Were you depressed then, do you think, at this moment? I think I was... Mm. Were you seeking any help at that at that point? No, no, I, I was not. And that was a big problem. Uh, there are two things. First, there's this, uh, you know, in, in my, I'm a school teacher. And as a school teacher, if you go out seeking, you know, any kind of aid for something like that, you know, it doesn't look good. Mm. Uh, number one. Number two, there's this whole stigma of, you know, the dysfunctional veteran. And I really wanted to avoid that. What was the defining moment that, that what, what actually happened where you thought, right, this is it, I'm, I'm going to do something about it? Mm. Well, it's going to sound weird, but there wasn't one. Mm. It, it wasn't about my health. It was about my family. It was a realization, mm. not of what I was doing to myself, but of what I was doing to my wife and to my kids. That was what made the change. Mm. You know, I didn't, it wasn't like a chair broke under me 
and I suddenly decided, oh, that's it, I'm going to change, or it wasn't like somebody looked at me funny and I thought, I'm going to change. I had pretty much given up. I had accepted the fact that my weight was going to kill me. You know, I used to I used to hope and pray at night that I wouldn't die at the wheel of a car or that I would oh, wow. that I wouldn't die in front of my class at school. Wow. Because one time I actually passed out in front of my class at school. Oh my god. And that was a really bad moment for me. But still that wasn't it because I figured nothing I can do about it. Mm. I wasn't I did not accept responsibility for it. Mm. It's so and, true. What's and you'd been told yeah. as well that like this was you, you know, yeah. for, for forever. So I mean, like you said before, if a if a doctor's saying these things to you, then mm. why would you question it? Do you know what I mean? Almost. Mm. But we all do it, don't we? Because like we never want to accept it's ourselves. Mm. We always want to blame somebody else for the situation. We're put in that position, but actually we're responsible for that. Mm. We ourselves. Like a bit like our past. Me and Jess have gone through quite a bit in our lives and you know, we blamed other people, didn't we? Yeah, and then when we accepted it, that's when you realise actually that is when I can make a change. Mm. Um but Arthur, like, you know, you said that obviously you there wasn't a defining moment, but when when was it when you kind of just like woke up and kind of just oh. said like this is it Mm. yeah that moment I was uh, there's kind of a a thing that led up to it Uh, I had been in a lot of of physical pain Mm. and I had started doing yoga and the type of yoga that I was doing was uh, one uh, started by Dallas Page DDP yoga and I found that I was searching on the internet of all places (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I found it out there because I had tried a lot of different you know a lot of different stuff and you know the yoga videos that you could get at the store were too complex going into a yoga studio didn't work because they wouldn't have me wow Uh, yeah I got sent away from yoga studios and it would not work with me what was their what was that excuse Uh, well first it was uh, that there were liability issues with somebody like me and second was, uh, bluntly, that they didn't have anybody who knew how to work with someone like me. Wow. <laughs> and, what, and what was your objective in going there? I mean, what, what, what were you asking them to do? Uh, just just help, help you lose weight kind of thing? No. I didn't care about weight. I just wanted to be able to sleep through the night. Right. Wow. I was in a, I was in a lot of pain. Oh. What, what sort of health problems did you have at, at this moment? Well, um, my weight was exacerbating. I have a minor case of ataxia, you know, where my, I don't have complete neural, you know, mm. feedback. And, you know, that was exacerbated by my weight because the weight just compressed my spine down and compressed the nerves even further. And that was a problem. I've got dysplasia in the hips and knees. I've got dozens of improperly healed small fractures all over uh i mean i don't know where to you know to begin but uh mm. well the funny thing is let me put it like this that that when you i noticed your expression i mentioned you know broken bones but the reality is uh a large number of people have broken small bones or fractured them and we're not aware of it and it just didn't heal right <laughs> mm. and due to and then, you know, when you get older, you feel that, you feel that little ouch, that little twinge or that little soreness when it gets cold. Uh, you know, when I got out, 
and they did some x-rays on me. They're going, wow, that one did not heal well. And I'm going, what? And because when you broke your thigh, I'm going, I didn't break my thigh. And the guy <gasps> goes, well, here's, and it's like, okay. So oh he saw it, and it wasn't a hairline either. <gasps> and the thing is, I was in a culture where slowing down and taking time off to get yourself healed up, uh, you know, was often considered a sign of weakness. You know, mm. you kept on going. And uh, keeping on going like that, you know, put me in a situation where I was not healing up before I was getting re-injured. So I guess in that world, it's kind of like, you just kind of get on with it. It doesn't matter what's going on. You just kind of get on with it because you're a man. Like, mm. that's it. You, you need to fix up. It's kind of that kind of attitude, I guess. Yes. It's really mm. bad, but in the process, you're damaging yourself. Mm. It kind of makes so much sense why people who come out of war or who are paratroopers, they, they're so injured for a long period of time after because then they don't have time to just heal themselves, have mm. time to ref- reflect, I guess. Mm. I'm guessing that's another key factor as well, being able to reflect whilst you're out there. No, you. To be honest, you don't want to reflect. Really? You know, that's it's. You're supposed to simply do. You know, mm. thinking about it comes later. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. So, how did you get the strength and motivation to do something about about your situation? Well, I came to the realization that I was not living in a way that reflected my values. I mean, my values were my wife, my kids, my students at school. These are things that I care about. These things that I say that I put first. But the reality was, you know, I was eating myself into an early grave. I was so heavy that it affected my ability to do things. Uh, My oldest does not know how to ride a bicycle because I never taught him. I couldn't walk beside him to hold him up. My middle one only knows how because the preacher at our church taught him how to ride a bike. I couldn't do it. I know that sounds like a little thing, but somebody else taught my son how to ride a bicycle. Mm, You know, my kids don't like sports because dad was never out there to play with them. Wow. Mm. So, you know, there are things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I would sit on a chair in the front of my class. I teach special education. I teach children with special needs. Okay. And I would be showing them stuff on a dry erase board. I would hold it up and draw and write on this dry erase board and then sort of hand it out to them to look at. And that was what they saw. You know, that was me teaching. That's not effective education. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I'm all over the classroom. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I teach better. Mm. I'm a better father. Uh, I can spend more time, more atten- pay more attention to my wife. You know, mm. these are important things. Dallas, you know, called me on it. He sat there and said, you know, you're eating yourself into an early grave. Every time you overeat like that, you're sending this message to your wife and your kids that you're more interested in that slice of pizza, you're more interested in that ice cream mm. than you are in the years that you're not going to be able to spend with them. That's really powerful way of yeah. getting it through to you actually isn't it I mean it's a, it's a good way to, to get that I was going to make my wife a widow I was going to leave my kids without a dad because of my choices not what had happened to me already but because of my choices yeah so, so he made me take responsibility for it wow so you know once you decided to kind of make the change what was the first step what, mm. what did you do I had to change how I eat 
I had to change, you know, how I moved. I had to change how I even think about things. I had to change how I breathe. I had to learn. This is going to sound funny, but I had to learn to breathe again. Mm. I learned how to breathe right. Mm-hmm. Mm. I had to learn, you know, how to move. I had to learn how to do things again. Mm. Did you do that by your? Were you doing that by yourself, or did you have supports? Uh, yes to both. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I wasn't going to a class. I was doing it with the with videos that Dallas sent me. And uh, I was also, you know, talking with him pretty much on a weekly basis. I was getting emails back and forth pretty often. So I never felt really alone. Mm. Mm. Wow. So did you, did you, so here where you took up the yoga, um, it must have been quite difficult for you at first. Obviously, it's, it's completely new. Um, it's, it can be quite difficult anyway, I think, yoga. Mm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Especially when you, you, yeah. you can't walk properly. So it must have been quite of a challenge at first. Um, how did you keep the motivation to want to keep on doing it? Because like, obviously, at first, you must have been falling down quite a lot initially. I was falling down quite a lot. But I was also beginning to feel things. Hmm. And that was amazing. My body was pretty much numb. Okay. Between between being that sedentary and that heavy and my basic injuries, I was numb. I couldn't feel a lot of things physically. And when I started uh, to do things... I began to get sensation back and that was just such an encouraging thing to me that uh, you know, made a huge difference. And when that started to happen, happening, did you go to your doctors and did you tell them yeah. this, had, this had happened? Uh, strangely enough, my doctors were not especially encouraging to me. Mm, we hear this a no. lot. <laughs> we hear my this a lot. Yeah. Mm, on yeah. the other hand, my chiropractor uh, he was he was behind me 110 percent of the way. He thought it was he Great. thought it was wonderful. Oh. But uh, my my doctors weren't. Which to be honest, that seems like it should be the other way around. I know, I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> because uh, my chiropractor, he was the one who's you know adjusting me you know every week to make sure that everything is good, and he was actually seeing uh, a lot of small little incremental change. On the other hand, my doctors, who only saw me once every couple of months, they were watching 40, 50-pound weight loss mm. in a couple of months. Mm. And they were going, well, don't get too, you know, don't get too productive. Don't, get too don't last. It's <laughs> like, don't last. And what? to be fair, statistically, they're right. Yeah, but do you know something? Statistically, um, they might be right. Most this is- people who take off that kind of weight don't keep it off. But the thing is, though, if, the, if people... Those TV shows they've got, the, I don't know if you have them in the UK, but uh, we have this Biggest Loser TV show. Yeah. Oh. And look at what mm-hmm. happens to those people a year after they're off the show. The thing is, if people aren't dealing with... Because it, weight issues might be psychological, and if people don't tackle psychological issues and the, and the problems that they might have, then they're going to obviously not get out of that habit of going to food for comfort. And I've been that person as well, so I can say this. Um, but they're also but, 
But the thing is, if you go to your doctor, right, and you've lost weight, and your yeah. doctor's saying to you, oh, well, it won't last. <laughs> like, what kind of effect is that having on you? Like, motivation, do you know what I mean? If you, you, go, if you go to your doctor, and you've lost 45 pounds, right, and he says to you, that is amazing, keep going. That yeah. is going to have a better effect on someone. Yeah. But if, if you've got someone going to the doctors, that maybe needs a little <laughs> bit of encouragement. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they don't have like huge support at home or whatever. Mm. Just a little bit of encouragement from mm. someone else can make a massive difference. So that's really sad mm. to hear that a doctor would do- say that to you, actually. But also, like Arthur, like also as well, everybody's body is different. Mm. So they can't say that statistically exactly. because our diets are different. The mm. way our bodies are structured, every single body person, every human being is mm. designed differently. Yeah. Like we've got all the same like heart and, you know, lungs, etc. But... Mm. Our diets are different. So they can't the say the they same thing They can't say the everyone, same thing. Yeah. Statistics can never be correct. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so what was like, obviously you'd started to feel the sensation, was it in your legs, at the top of the legs or the bottom of the legs? Uh, well, it began in my hips and low back. Oh, wow. Okay. My shoulders. And that really made a difference. The first time I remember doing that, I was doing a, a move they call a diamond cutter. And I was actually able to feel the tendons. I didn't know what it was at the time. Now I know what it is. But the uh, the tendons in my subscapulus were moving. And I didn't know what that was, but I just suddenly felt that motion. It's like, wow, there's something in there. Wow. And I felt something moving. Mm. And, uh, you know, now I've learned, you know, after years of doing this, I've learned how to put it, to identify which muscles are moving and to know which things are getting stretched and what I'm feeling. I've learned to put names to the different sensations and that's very useful to me. And it uh, helps me when I'm teaching as well. Mm. So obviously you could start to feel like the, the kind of muscles moving and like how, like how was your mind at that time when this was happening? How was your, mm. your mindset? How did it shift? I got a very positive mindset at that point in time. I didn't know what was going to happen. I did not know what was going to happen. I'll be honest, I did not expect that I would walk again. I did not expect that I was going to lose the kind of weight that I lost. Amazing. So this is... I never... So it was never never expected any of this. Oh, wow. So this is all just a byproduct of you just trying, basically. Right. I think the biggest thing that I got out of this is that my pain is now manageable. What happened was, uh, you know, I was getting a lot of sensation, I was getting a lot of a feeling mm-hmm. in my body, and I, you know, for me that was a very positive sign. I was getting to manage my pain. Mm-hmm. And I was actually starting to be able to sleep through the night, and that was amazing mm-hmm. to me. I know that doesn't seem like much to a lot of people, but for me to actually get you know, six hours, four hours even oh, of uninterrupted sleep wow. was amazing. I started doing this for pain management, and mm. I, you know, I'd be lying if I said I was pain free. I'm not, mm. but I'm at a point right now where I can manage it, mm. and it does not control my life, and that is uh, a huge thing. <laughs> Thank you. Love. That's so, um, so before you found DDP Yoga, what sort of other things did you look into? Did you look at anything else, or was it just that you stumbled across the yoga, the DDP Yoga, and thought you'd try that? Well, uh, I had had a previous experience with yoga many, many, literally decades earlier, 
when I was a young troop in the army, uh, uh, I was dating this one girl, and she was doing yoga. This is back in the Richard Hittleman, <laughs> you know, thirty-day yoga plan back in that area. I have that Julius book. Falan, you know, that era. I have that, but my mum, my that's what I grew up with. I know, I know what you're talking. Brilliant. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> so back in that era, uh, they had a, at the uh, rec center on Post. They offered a yoga class, and my girlfriend was taking the yoga class. So I figured, okay, I'll go in and I'll take the yoga class, and. Uh, the the funny thing was, I stopped dating the girl, but I kept going to the class. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people thought, okay, I know why he's going. He's the only guy in the class. And, you know, I, I really didn't care because uh, at the job that I had at that point in time, I was under a lot of physical stress. I mean, it wasn't emotionally or mentally stressful, but just carrying that rucksack around all day, mm-hmm. you know, hiking up and down, going back and forth, uh, you know, was taking a lot out. And that was making my back feel so much better, and I was really enjoying the class. And uh, later on, you know, in the Army, they're always reassigning you post to post to post. And when I moved, I just stopped doing it. Mm -hmm. But I did have that one, you know, it's about eight months, very positive experience doing yoga. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, I, you know, when my back was killing me that bad, I thought, well, I'll try that again. Oh, right, yeah. you know, wow. that did not work. Uh, I did have a really good, really good experience with chiropractors. I love a chiropractor. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm a strong, strong, strong believer in chiropractors. Me too. Me too. I think I think they're amazing. Absolutely amazing. I got diagnosed with a problem on in my neck earlier on in the year. And um, I found this great chiropractor. Um, he's actually in America. He's, he's, his name's John Bergman. But I was watching a lot of his stuff and the way he was... He, my, specifically my condition and um, just watching that video and listening to him and the advice that he was given about things to not do and to do like actually helped me a lot wow he, his chiropractors are amazing and it's, if you can find a good chiropractor like you're laughing yeah it's, it's, well, I've been lucky I've had, a, I've had a handful of good ones that's good I've, man I've that's been good. very lucky I do have to say the Richard. Uh, I can never say his surname. It's, I think it's Hittleman. He's Hittleman. He's, he's amazing. I actually have his book. That's <laughs> my, every morning. I've, my mum had it, so I just followed on, and it's the best yoga I've ever done. That's what's helped really? me. It's helped me to heal everything. Yeah, oh, my mindset. It. Yeah, it's great. Like I know it's it's, pro- it's probably about thirty years ago. I guess the book. Yeah, like, yoga's yoga, isn't it? Yeah, but it's amazing. Mm. Yeah. I'll have to get this. I feel left out. <laughs> I can't. I haven't got a to thing to say about, about this. this. Yoga, you know, whether it's DDP yoga or whether it's another form of yoga, yoga is uh, misunderstood in so many ways. If you stop and think about it, I, I got this definition from a high school technical education class. Okay, technology is the systematic application of knowledge to problem solving. Okay, that's a basic definition. <laughs> Yoga is a technology. Mm-hmm. Yoga teachers have been getting together for 5,000 years, 50 centuries, mm-hmm. to compare what works and what does not work. Mm-hmm. What is the problem they are attempting to solve? How to have a long life in a healthy body. So true. So they have been attacking the most basic problem for 5,000 years in a logical and organized fashion. Now, I would submit to you that you don't have a peer-reviewed process lasting 50 centuries without getting some things right. And that's why even now we see yoga continuing to evolve. Mm. Yoga teachers meet 
constantly, sometimes in little groups, sometimes in huge conferences, to discuss what worked and what does not work. Mm. But beyond that, think about it from a, another viewpoint. Just in, you know, almost from a Hegelian viewpoint, yoga has been around for all that time. It is the oldest continuously practiced form of physical culture on the face of the earth. Wow. I mean, yes, running is old. But uh, running is what you do to get away from the cave bear. <laughs> you know, not something people did to exercise. Yeah. Yoga is the oldest pure form of exercise that is still done. Now, something would not have survived yes. that long if it was not meeting the needs of its customers. Very mm-hmm. true. Yeah. It would have if it wasn't a valid practice, it would have died out. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point actually. Yeah. Very good point. So, what I want to know is Arthur, t- talk me through the, the the moment when you took your first steps unaided. I mean, that must have been that must that have been amazing. Was really a, a huge thing to me uh, I had this uh, strange experience with that because we have a stairwell in the middle of our library it goes up our library is on two floors and I used to have to go up the stairs and I couldn't talk to anybody because I couldn't breathe and walk at the same time couldn't you know do that I had to take a breath take a step so I couldn't talk to anybody uh I had to stop about halfway up the stairs, get my breath, then I'd go the rest of the way up the stairs. Oh, wow. But what happened was one day I was uh, talking with this young man, and we were, uh, he was in a civics class. I was, I was assisting the teacher in a civics class, a U.S. government class, and this one young man who had never really been interested in it, I finally gotten him interested in the subject. There was a project. He was actually very excited what he was going to do about it. And he was explaining to me how he was going to do this and this and this and how do I do that. And so I was telling him how to make certain things happen, how to find certain pieces of information. I wasn't telling him the information. I was telling him where to find it on his own. And we were talking. We hit the stairs. And we kept on talking because he was so excited and I was excited (laughs) for him. And all of a sudden, I realized I'm at the top of the stairs. And I looked down the stairs, and I'm going, Carlos. And he's going, what? And he said, I came all up all the way the stairs. He goes, yeah, it's the project. And it's like, okay, so we kept on talking about this. <laughs> that made that moment for me. I'm thinking, maybe I can do something. Maybe I can go beyond this. Maybe I don't need all of this stuff. The back braces, the leg braces, the knee braces, the crutches. Uh, a little while later, I was talking with another young man. And the idea had been floating around in my head, but I hadn't really verbalized it to anyone. I hadn't even said this to my wife. I hadn't said this to my chiropractor. And uh, what happened was high school uh, is a four-year proposition normally. Uh, according to the law in this country, students with disabilities who are served under you know, special education uh, can actually be there longer if that's what they need. They can be there until they're 21 if they have to. Hmm. Uh, Now, the thing is, he had already been in high school five years, and it was looking like he was going to need to come back for a sixth. And he was basically going to give up. He was saying that he wasn't going to do it. And, you know, I told him, look, you know, you can do things. You can, you know, you can finish this. You can make this happen. You can finish high school. Mm -hmm. And, uh... 
he was giving me all these reasons why not. And, you know, I was trying to come up with something, and I just blurted out, look, if you come back next year, I will meet you at the bus without the hardware, without the canes, without the... Wow. You know, I will, you know, because I will show you that you can do stuff. I'll show you that people can do things. Oh, wow. Anything's possible. Mm. Yeah, now here's the strange part. He did not come back the next year. But it got all over, because special ed kids, there were a small community in the school. You tell one of them, you tell them all. So they were all, they all had these huge expectations. <laughs> there was a, this one young lady, a girl, student, and uh, she had heard that. And when she first arrived at the school, she not only arrived uh, as a special ed student, but she arrived with uh, combat boots and blue hair and not a lot of friends. And uh, she was kind of on the outskirts of the society of our school, so to speak. And for her first year or so, I was about the closest thing she had to a friend at the school. And uh, the first day of that year, I was out there standing, waiting for the buses. You know, each bus was coming out, standing there waiting, 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 waiting. And uh, the young man, of course, did not get off the bus, which did not fill me with much confidence. Uh, but I'm sitting here, I turn around and I, uh, I saw her there and she was looking at me and there were tears coming down her face because she, uh, she understood what it meant. And, uh... How did that make you feel? Like I was flying. Oh. It was wonderful. Cause, I mean, I, I take a lot of pride in being a teacher. Mm. It means a lot to me. I and at that, that moment, I realized mm. that I had taught a lot of kids something that there's no way that they would ever forget. And it was just... Uh, It's a really great moment for me. Wow, that's amazing. So inspiring. That's so lovely. Yeah. It's that's priceless. So it's priceless when you can do that for somebody. Because mm. you know what it means to them and they know what it means to you. But nobody else knows that. It's just between yeah. you guys. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's the beauty of it. I mean, teaching isn't about what you know. Because a, a, a kid doesn't care how much stuff you know. Mm. They want to know that you care enough to you know that you're not just there to go through the motions and get a paycheck mm. yeah. yeah this is it this is it yeah. but clearly or not I mean clearly it means a lot to you you know yeah it's it's so lovely yeah. so so lovely I, I can relate with that because um, after oh. I teach over the summer young people have to produce films and you know a lot of them come from backgrounds where they've not had hope and you know people not think I'm well spoken but actually they don't know where I came from and how hard I had to work to be the person I am now and yeah like Jess knows the story but yeah like I, nothing was ever given to me I had to work hard for it and so when mm. I tell them my story and what I went through and you know it's okay that you know you're not perfect because no one's perfect they just things just like in their eyes just wake up and like they're so thankful so I, I know how you feel in that sense that 
Words can't describe how they're feeling. It's just beautiful. Well, I, I just think we're all on this planet together and yeah. we should all, like, help. do our bit to help each other. Like, because I think, I think the reason that we go through things, right, this is my own personal belief, right, because, every, you know, we, we've been through a lot of stuff in our lives, mm. um, but it's given us the ability to, one, be compassionate for others going through stuff mm. and... It gives you the ability to offer be able to offer someone advice when they're going through hard times. So I honestly think mm. the reason that we have these issues or problems and challenges in our lives is literally so that we can help other people through it and, and obviously grow in ourselves as well. But to, to offer people the, the... To give compassion to the people going through stuff, that is honestly what mm. I think. But I think as well it's different when you've been through that and you can share that when somebody hasn't gone through it like for examples I don't teach on a daily basis but I've seen with some teachers they don't listen they don't understand they're too busy judging them oh that's mm. a that's a bad person stay away from oh they're not good enough or they're not clever enough well why don't you sit with them and say look you know you can do it and you give mm. them that hope they they change and you know yeah. after you've probably seen that just with you showing that I can do this anything mm. is possible to them and absolutely that's so beautiful and all just, do you know something just to go on about your video again <laughs> Um, honestly, right, I, I absolutely love your story, Arthur. I really do. I've got so much respect for you, right? And when I when, when I got to the bit in the video, when you when you did the walk and then I saw you run, I was just like, oh, so amazing, right? Like, I, I literally plastered it over Facebook. Loads of people had seen it before. <laughs> I hadn't. I was like, where have I been? But, um, <laughs> but the thing was, I just, I just love the, the, the message in it. Like, no matter what happens in your life, you should never, ever give up. Mm. And, I, I, and I love that about you mm. um and that message that you have in your story it's absolutely fantastic man it's brilliant how how much does having a positive mind affect the body i mean is this is this something that is important if you want to if you want to get through something well i think uh a positive mindset is not the only thing okay you can affirm all you want but if there's no discipline to back it up you know it's like I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm not doing anything to make it happen, but I'm just saying that that's going to happen. That's delusional. Mm. That is. But if you say, you know, I'm going to lose two pounds this month, and then I'm going to do it by cutting back some food. I'm going to do it by maybe walking every day. Or I'm going to do it by... You know, cutting back this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like stop drinking that extra soda. I'm not gonna have the candy bars anymore, and I'm gonna maybe take an exercise class twice a week. If you have some kind of a plan that's measurable, you have optimism because you've got a plan in place. It's real optimism. I've got something I'm gonna do that's reasonable, and a reasonable person can look at this plan and expect to get reasonable results. If you just sit there and say, I'm going to lose 100 pounds in three days, that's never going to happen. I mean, well, I suppose you could cut your leg off. But, then, <laughs> otherwise. but uh, mm. you know, if you've got a reasonable, rational plan so true. and a reasonable, rational goal, then you should be optimistic, mm. very solidly, positively optimistic, because that optimism will help you drive through with your plan. Mm. So, so it's not just optimism. It is planning. It is having a rational goal uh you know people look at me and yes i i've radically exceeded my goals i was not expecting anything like this to happen mm. but <laughs> the same way people get on a negative cycle i got on a positive cycle mm. uh 
you know, people get on negative cycle, something bad happens, and they say, okay, why try? And then they don't try, and then it gets worse and worse and worse. I got a positive result that I could see connected to what I was doing, and I kept on doing it, and I got mm. more enthusiastic, so I did it more, and I started really paying attention to how and what I was eating, so I started eating a lot better, and I started doing things, and everything kept cycling it positively. So the same way some people get into a negative cycle, I was able to get into a positive cycle, and that's really how I exceeded uh, results. I mean, there's no miracle. There was no miracle to this. What I did, anybody can do. Mm. Mm. It's, 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 it's interesting you say that, because when you look at people who try to lose weight, they saw a lot of people try to do it quickly. Yeah. But they don't have a step-by-step. Like, it's right. It's so true. When you have a step-by-step, you follow it. It's like a daily routine. But when mm. you're doing it too quickly, and then you lose it, and, like, and then you gain it again, you can't understand why you're yo-yoing. And yeah. I think that's why a lot of people, they have a problem with their weight mm. weight loss, because they're always... It's, it's, too quick, it's too quick. You see a lot of these diets that are out there. Yeah, there's a lot of fatty like diets. 30 days or 20 days, but... Those don't work. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. and I don't just mean that based on what we see by results, but just the biology of them yeah. mm. is wrong because your body needs a certain mixture of you know all the different nutrients. Your your body needs fat. Some people cut yeah. out all the fat exactly. from their diet. Body yeah. needs fat. Your body Save needs carbohydrate. Your body needs protein. Your body needs minerals. <laughs> your body needs water. Oh boy, does your body need water? <laughs> and your body needs air. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, I know nothing about nutrition that I could not find in a high school health textbook. Mm. Mm. I mean, you can go to a used bookstore and buy the book they teach kids about proper nutrition, and that would have probably more than I know because I, you know, I don't remember everything I read. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like, it'll say, you should have so many servings of, of of protein, so many servings of carbohydrates, so many servings of this and of that. And it'll actually say what a serving is. Mm. And, you know, people don't realize that when they go out and get a serving at a store or at a restaurant, that it's not a serving. You know, a serving of protein is about that big. That's just post it. <laughs> A serving of protein two, three times a week, and that's enough protein for a hum- for the average human being. So mm. true. But you know the restaurant steak. You know that's that's, <laughs> that's enough protein to last you several weeks. Yeah, that's it. And the body can only absorb twenty five grams in one go. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, restaurants oversell food. Uh, there's this local. Uh, restaurant chain they set their big thing is french fries mm. and you get an order of french fries from them and it is over a pound of french fries what i can't even imagine that on a plate it's ridiculous uh. and you'll see people sitting here eating it at a, uh. at a sitting. and it's, it's it's you know so do you have a really healthy diet now or do you, do you just have a balanced diet uh, obviously, you know, with holidays and such, you know, there are times when you can't monitor what you eat as closely as you should. Mm. So you do have to balance things that way. Mm. Mm. But as a general rule, uh, I eat healthy foods, reasonable proportions. Uh, I try and get things as fresh as I can. Mm. 
Okay. I try and get things as fresh as I can. Now, I am a big fiend on salads. <laughs> I have usually about two salads. It's most of what I eat. Wow. That's is, good. is salad. I love fresh vegetables. Mm, that's good. Uh, I love fresh vegetables. They're, they're just, you know, they're, they're great for me. But beyond everything else, they're extremely healthy. Mm. Uh, you know, about a third of a head of lettuce, a tomato, <laughs> onions, mushroom, you know. Uh, mm. Sometimes some olives if I'm feeling that way, you know, and a nice, big, huge salad. Yeah. <laughs> the neat thing about eating a big, huge salad is you're full. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's very Arthur, true. we are coming towards the end of the show. Um, so I'd like the last kind of questions that we'd like to ask you is what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's, you know, suffering with a health problem at the moment or wants to make a change in their life? What are your five top tips? Five top tips. Mm. Number one, you have to accept responsibility for what's going on. It might not be your fault, but it is your responsibility. Mm. Number two, you have to make you know, positive changes. You have to have a plan, a reasonable, rational plan, not a overnight miracle plan, but a reasonable plan that you're going to implement. And number three, which is closely related, you actually have to implement that plan. It can't be I'll start it Monday, I'll start it, I'll start it in a week, or I'll start it after the holidays or whatever. You have to actually do it. We've all been. You're amazed how many people have 20 different diet books on the wall that they never even started. Mm. Yeah, okay, you see what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, write it down. Oh, what's number four? Write it down. Tell, that's the fourth one. Write it down. Write Tell people down. what's going on. Have them help you to hold yourself accountable. Mm. Publish what your goals are. Mm. And, you know, publish means to make public, to make people know. To tell your, you know, tell your friends, look, I'm going to try this. I'm trying to eat more healthy, so on and so forth. Because then, uh, when they see you munching down on McDonald's or something, you know, bad or inappropriate, they're going to say, uh, "Hey, what happened to you know? You were trying to eat better," and they'll hold you to it. They'll hold you to it. But the last one is probably the most important, and that is that you have to understand that it is possible to change a lot of people say this is not my responsibility this is not my fault it might not be your fault fault and responsibility are two different things mm, it's true they are mm -hmm. they are uh i i love my cats but sometimes you know you you wake up in the morning there's a little cat yarp <laughs> Yo. I, I didn't do it it's not my fault clean it up I am responsible for cleaning it up same way uh, my injuries were not my fault mm. but the decisions that I made about them mm. made it worse mm. so and the decisions that I make now about how I'm going to live make it better I accept that change is possible I accept that I am responsible for that change. Hmm. So that is probably the single most important thing, accepting responsibility for it. It's hmm. brilliant. That was a really good uh, top five tips, yeah. wasn't it? I like that. So Arthur, is there any chance you're going to write a book or something in the future? Or? 
which you should. Actually, I am, I am working on a project like that right now. Great. Well, but definitely keep us posted about that and uh, we'll tell all the viewers and listeners. Do you have any links at the moment? So if anybody would like to get in contact with you or a website? Uh, if, uh, right now, I don't. I'm working on some of that. Uh, I do have a Facebook, if anybody mm-hmm. has that. Uh, you, can, you can find me on Facebook and... Uh, you know, I am out on the web. If you go to the uh, Team DDP Yoga website, uh, I'm on there. I'm not part of the. Uh, how do I put this? I'm not part of the business. I'm just another guy on the website. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, I am there on the website. So that's an easy way to reach me. That's okay. brilliant. Well, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. It's been really good. We absolutely love you. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, keep on inspiring everybody. What you're doing is amazing. Mm. But uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, sharing your story with uh, myself and Gerd and, and the viewers as well. And the listeners, should I say? <laughs> I'm glad I could help. Aww, thank you so you. much. Well, listen, you, you keep in touch and let us know all about everything that you've got coming up, whether it's books mm. or websites or whatever, and um, we'll be happy to, to help. have you on the show again. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, right. when everything's, when, every, when you've got your book coming out, let us know and we'll get you on again, definitely. Well, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you very you. much. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep it real. Oh, that was amazing. Well, I knew it would be. I mean, his, his story is is one of the most inspiring transformational stories I think I have ever, well, I've definitely heard in a long time anyway, let's say. Mm. Um, it just goes to show, though, that the doctor's diagnosis doesn't have to be the final outcome for you. Um, just because someone is seeing this in other patients doesn't mean that you're going to be the same. But whatever you resign yourself to, in the mind is what you're resigning your body to because if the mind believes something then the body will react around it so mm. it's it was really good to have Arthur on the show uh because if there's somebody listening that maybe needed to hear this little bit of hope then I really do hope that it's give them the hope mm. <laughs> hope 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 <laughs> it's so true Jess whatever you manifest is what you project so if you're manifesting out there saying that you know oh I don't really care I'm not happy that is what's going to happen to you if you say to yourself look yeah this is situation it sucks but you know what I'm going to come out of it I'm not going to be better and I'm going to fight for it your life will change you know only we only have to cut ourselves Jess for example what we've gone through in our lives like we don't like always talk about it on the show but like we've both been through a lot of things but we overcame them by having a positive outlook in life you can change your life like you know the fact that Arthur as a paratrooper being told by doctors that he wouldn't be able to walk again I can't even imagine how that would have felt and then just one day just having that hope and just belief and then like you said, when he walked up the staircases and he was talking to his pupil and he hadn't even realised. It just shows how strong the mindset is. The way we think is can affect the way we see our life. So the more simple we keep it, the more positive we become, the more our life is just simple and more happier. Mm. But what we do is we have too many thoughts. And we have too many people telling us we can't do this and we can't do that. But the reality is your body is different to everybody else's. Nobody's genes are exactly the same. So if the doctor or somebody else says to you, you can't do it, cool, don't take that on board, but you don't have to listen to it. You fight for what you want. And if you feel like you can overcome it, you can overcome it. But don't listen to people saying to you, neg- giving you negative energy, telling you you can't because they're stopping you. But you, it's not only just them, you're allowing them to stop you. Mm. it's what you believe if you say to yourself you can achieve it you can do anything in life like even if it's an illness or it's anything else or it's something you've got you've got a goal on or you want to become something or you want to achieve something only you can achieve that nobody else but if you say to yourself that you can't do it then 
that's what kind of happens. Absolutely. I watched a, a documentary, um, I think it was last year, actually, and it says about um, how your cells can sort of... Um, Whatever you think, your cells will, will mold to it. They've done like scientific studies on it and stuff. Uh, the the documentary is called Crossroads, Labour Pains of a New Worldview. Um, it's, you can watch it on YouTube. It's, it's really good. It shows you all the different scientific experiments. If anybody who's out there who thinks that, you know, they can't overcome something, you can just, you know, look at Arthur's story. He's a prime example that you can change your life around. You can make a difference and you know, each of us has a gift. So just remember that and feel positive about your life and things will change for you. But um, unfortunately, it is the end of the show. So Jess, uh, what are our times? Oh, well, we have some new shows now. Mm. So we're still broadcasting at 4am and 4pm on a Wednesday. Uh, But Sunday, we have some new shows. We're on 4am on a Sunday and also at 9am, 4pm and 9pm. And then we're back on a Monday, 9am in the morning and 9pm in the evening. And then our final show of the week is Tuesdays at 6am and 6pm. Great. And um, just to let you know, those are actually UK times. Um, And if you'd like to follow us, you can, if you want. (laughs) You can find us on Twitter at UK Natural Health. Uh, E is with a four. You can find us on Facebook at UK Natural Health Show. You can also find Jess at gathering underscore minds at Twitter. And you can find myself, I am Gerds, as well on there. Mm. And if you want to check out the Gathering of Minds website, just Google Gathering of Minds. Take care, guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Stay happy. Stay healthy. Keep it real.